I want to talk to you this morning about further beyond. Further beyond. Put your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord. Ask God to help us in this place right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we need your help. We need divine intervention in this place this morning. I ask you to touch the lives of everybody in this building. Let our minds and our hearts be taken captive by your spirit and by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Oftentimes in my journeys up and down the highways, I have noticed that a big 18-wheeler in front of me, there was smoke coming from one of the axles. Brother Kevin, he had the pedal to the metal, but the brakes were locked up. Everything that that vehicle could produce was being produced, but it couldn't do what it was designed to do because the brakes were stuck. Anybody with me right now? I I want you to understand something. We got to realize that in our lives... There's just times when things don't go like we think they ought to go. I've lived a lot of life. I've had to come to realize that sometimes I make it through life that same way. Like I know what I want to do. I have these thoughts about what I want to accomplish and who I want to become and how I want my character to grow and the goodness I want to grow into or maybe a career or the money or the marriage or something that I want to improve or scale up in some way and I'm going to give it everything that I've got and I'm just stuck. The brakes are just stuck. Anybody ever been there? You you know, you... You're giving it all you got. We we live in a world of millions of stuck people. They've got their pedal to the metal. They're trying. They're pushing. They're driving. They're hustling. They're grinding. And they're not getting to their destination And I want to say to those people because I know that I've been at that spot in different times in my life and I know people and we live in a community filled with tens of thousands of people who get stuck sometimes or remain stuck all the time. I just want to say to you, this church, you were Made for more. That God's intention 
For your life is greater than you have imagined so far. Now I would say that to someone who's not a believer, not a Christian at all, that God who made you has a purpose for your life that is far more significant than you have begun to imagine. You see, when you begin a relationship with God, with the Creator, you start to explore the idea that there is something more for me. And you start to grow into that and you discover what that's all about. But I would also say to that person who's been a Christian for a long time and is growing, hopefully, in your faith and you're getting time with God and you're attending church and maybe you're in a small group and you're serving other people and you're doing all the things that you should be doing, I would also say that no matter how mature you have become as a child of God, there is still more for you. You see, God designed it that way. So there's always more to explore. There's always more adventures to live out. I I was made more for more. You were made more for more. I, I, I want that to be a truth that we unpack here in the next few minutes. I, I, I do realize that, that there are areas of our lives that, that uh, we just get stuck in a rut. Brother Gill touched on it this morning. He talked about it today. How that sometimes we go through the motions and we do what we know to do, but we don't really know God. I, 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 I want to push you today to the place that you realize that this, while it's great in his existence, is not all there is to the kingdom of God. And what your experience in your life, while it may be great and it may be wonderful and it may be satisfying, that is not all that God has in mind for you. God has designed you to be an explorer. There's always more adventure to live out in the life of a Christian. I uh, I, I want you to think about something. I'm going to preach to you in a minute. Just, just stay with me. When God says your life is here on the current spot, on the timeline of history, and if you follow Christ 
And if you have a relationship with him, then where you're headed is heaven. And when the Bible describes heaven, it's uh, this, this new heaven and this new earth and this place where there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow, and it's continual and it's constant. And when we get in that relationship with God, it's not temporary. It's not something that we just enjoy for the moment, but it is eternal. That ought to excite everybody. But we find ourselves, we find ourselves at the place that we just settle. We just settle. You know, I've I, I got to be honest with you. I used to be a lot more competitive than I am today. You know, I, have a, I, I get a bad rap around here. I, I, I mean, when we, start, when we start talking about playing, just tossing little bean bags or, or hitting a ball over a net. I get this bad reputation. Nobody wants to play on my team. You believe that, Josh? It's my nephew. Who said that? Oh, that's the old guy. The guy with the scars on his knee today. But I don't, I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm not, I really am not as competitive as I used to be. Not because I don't want to be, it's because I can't be. But I want us to get something here. The Bible said that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And I am competitive enough this morning to tell you that ain't happening. Because you see, I have a promise. I have a promise of not just life, but of life more abundant. And until my last dying breath, I'm not going to quit reaching for something more today than I had yesterday and the next day and the next day. You know, when I was younger, second place was never good enough. Amen. I, 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 I despise playing in the loser's bracket. Just the idea of that, the, just to say that, just went against everything that I am. Now I'm going to tell you something. We're not in the loser's bracket today. Ah, oh, hallelujah. If you start in Genesis and you go to Revelation and you get to the back of the book, there's a lot of trial. There's a lot of tests. There's a lot of misunderstanding. There's a lot of things that happen. But when you get to the back of the book, it's more than just a house or a car here. It's more than just a little money in the bank. But one of these days, we're going to walk on streets of gold. We're going to live in mansions. Come on, somebody. We don't have to settle. 
let me, let, let, let me move forward here. Let, let, let me talk to you a minute about why many of us are stuck. I think that sometimes it's obvious people are stuck because of an addiction. Now, that doesn't necessarily have to come out of a needle. Watch now. People are stuck because of a pattern of sin. The Bible said, He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. So, you know, you don't have to be a bank robber or a murderer to be living in sin. You can just not be doing what you know to do. Oh, you're not going to help me right now. We can sit on a church seat and make up our mind, this is enough. I'm going to settle for it and go to hell. Now wait, those aren't my words. The Bible said... He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now, is, is that what it says? Now watch this. Just, just, just watch this. People are stuck because of poor choices. Sometimes we get caught in stuck in relationships that are not healthy for us. It's harming us. It's hurting us. Those are kind of the obvious cases. We, we can look at someone and, and we can say, yeah, it's pretty obvious that someone who is stuck in an addictive pattern of unhealthy, destructive choices is going to be in a spot where they could definitely experience more life. And we want them to have freedom. We want them to experience breakthrough. You know, I've never been able to understand the concept of right at my fingertips is everything that I need to bring me joy unspeakable and full of glory and peace that passes all understanding. And all I have to do is walk to an altar somewhere. It doesn't even have to be in the church. You can make an altar in your living room. All you got to do is find an altar somewhere. Bow your knee before the Lord. Repent of your sin. Come on, somebody. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And guess what? You don't you move from just life to life more abundantly. And so you, you you're in this place today. Maybe you've been there in your life. Stuck. Anybody been there? Rest of you aren't telling the truth. I said, anybody ever felt stuck in your life? Oh, Bishop, I've lived for God for 40 years. Maybe you're stuck in that. I, 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 
I want you to, you need to know that you are in a spot of being obviously stuck. That God loves you as much as He loves anyone else on the planet. And He died for you. And He's ready to rescue you and save you and pull you out. In fact, the psalmist wrote it this way. He's the one that pulled me out of the miry clay. I was stuck in the pit, in the mud. And He set my feet upon a rock. God wants to do that for you today in this place. You're in a spot of being completely stuck. But I think for a lot of us in the room, there's kind of a second version of what stuck looks like. Or what being made for us to look like. That's when we're kind of settling for something. You know what? I've, I've been around this place right here for a long time. In fact, first weekend in November, we're going to be celebrating 90 years. I haven't been around that long, but I've been around over half that. And I want you to understand something about the first Pentecostal church. Oftentimes, we settle for something less than what God wants for us. I stand in the midst of great potential. I stand in the midst of great opportunity. I stand in the midst of a mighty people that have been baptized in His name, filled with His Spirit, empowered to do great and mighty exploits. Back to what Brother Gill preached this morning, taught to us this morning. I believe it was Daniel that said, They that do know their God shall do great exploits. Can I tell you, FBC, God is calling you to something further beyond where we are right now. God wants there to be apostolic revival in this city like we've never seen before. But somebody's going to have to realize it's time for you to allow God to unstuck you. You're going to have to let God begin to pull you out of that place of comfort and move you to the place where he can show you I want to do more in you and for you than I've ever done. Let let me put it this way. Too many of us pursue our own version of more instead of God's version of more. In other words, in our American culture, and pastor says that often, we've, we've Americanized God so much. But in our American culture, in our Western culture, we're all about more. We're very into the idea of achieving and climbing and pursuing and getting things lined out. We oftentimes will take all of our energy and our passion and our love and our relational ability 
and we'll pour it into the pursuit of things that are good, but they are not God's best. When you live your life pursuing money and you make it and it comes flowing in and you're now wealthy and at the end of that, I've talked to people who are multimillionaires who will say, at some point in the journey, I had earned plenty. I had earned enough to live on the rest of my life. And I looked at it and said, there must be more. Not more money. But there's got to be more to life than just money. I can tell you, there is more to life than just money. There is more to life than the next new car. There is more to life than the next biggest house. There is abundant life in Christ Jesus that far exceeds anything that you can even imagine or ask for. But you've got to get unstuck. I'm getting to where I'm going very quickly here. Just people pursue one relationship after another. They they go from one guy or one girl to the next. It's sexual experience and relationships that are short lived and short term, one after another. Seems like from the outside looking in it, it might be a life of fun and a life of adventure. But when you talk to somebody who is successfully pursuing that kind of life, so often they will say, it just feels like I was made for more. I just can't figure it out. Because a lot of us are pursuing our version of more. We've substituted something in its place, some kind of pleasure, some kind of success, some kind of picture of what life is supposed to look like according to the American dream and whatever else it is. But we're missing out on God's best, on God's version of more. I'm going to tell you something. I know I've already shared it with you. But I'm going to tell you what my version of God's version of more is. It's seeing 81 men that are incarcerated that don't have any other hope in life to see them go down in a watery grave of baptism. That's better than $100,000 in the bank to me. It's seen 63 men receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's better than a new Lexus stomach. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to get you to realize the kingdom of God is so much bigger than what we can understand. And God's trying to get us to move from what our expectation of more is to what His expectation of more is. I believe that if you follow the Lord or if you start 
thinking about following him, Satan starts to hate you. The closer you get to God, the more of a threat you are to the power of darkness in this world and the more of a target you become. The thief wants to do anything he can to steal life from you. To kill you. To destroy you. Please hear me right now. To dampen and water down whatever fiery passion is that you once had in your spiritual life. The thief comes along to take all that away. But Jesus says, I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Now watch this. That abundance means to the full. Watch. Till it overflows. Unapologetically. Luke 19 and 10. I, 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 several years ago, I took a trip. You got to understand, your pastor is merciful to you. He is merciless to me. Now, I, I, a few years ago, several years ago now, I took a trip, a golf trip, to Myrtle Beach. There are 150, 200 golf courses there. And I took a trip to Myrtle Beach with my son and my son-in-law to play golf. The weather turned cold. It was 38 degrees. We played the first 18 holes and it was just noon, Brother Kevin. And them lazy boys of mine said, we're going to go back to the condo and take a nap. It's cold. What are you going to do? I'm going to play golf. That's what I came for. Don't laugh, guys. So, now, every now and then, more often than not, we'll be doing something. It doesn't have anything to do with golf, but we'll be doing something and it'll come out of their mouth. Well, that's what I came for. I want somebody to hear me. Some apostolic child of God. Jesus says these words in Luke 19 and 10. That is what I came for. Watch it. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't come to pad your bank account. He didn't come uh, so that you could run around willy-nilly and do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. But he said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. I come to give people that don't have any hope 
hope beyond this life. I came to give people that don't have a life. I came to give them life. And that more abundantly. That's what he came for. He came to redeem us from the power and the penalty of sin. He came to purchase us back to relationship with God. He came for those reasons. You see, the plan of redemption is obviously the big goal that Jesus lived his life for. But he was also very plain. He said, I also came that you might have more. That you might have life abundantly. That your life means more. That it's full to the overflowing when you follow me. Now let me just explain what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean if I follow Jesus, all my problems are going to go away. If I follow Jesus, everything gets easy. If I follow Jesus, all my circumstances will just work themselves out. Everybody will like me. I'll get the promotion at work because now I'm a Jesus follower. No, sometimes the exact happens. The exact opposite happens. Sometimes you follow Jesus and because of that, people start not to like you as much. All right, can I get a witness? There are, there are whole countries where it's illegal to be a Christian for all kinds of reasons, where people meet underground. Even here in our Western culture, you will suddenly come across some people as judgmental even when you try hard not to be. You'll come across as being superior even though you're trying really hard to stay humble and keep from punching them in the face. Man, I, I hit a hot button there. <laughs> I'd like for you all to be the first ones in the altar this morning. That's a lesson for another day. He came. This is what he came for. He came to bring abundance and fullness and overflowing so that even in the midst of difficult circumstances, right in the middle of pain, right in the middle of loss, when you're being tempted, when you're being tried, when everything is going away, when the economy crashes, the company downsizes, and you're struggling financially, Jesus came to tell you, I didn't just come to give you life because life deals you some tough stuff every now and then, but I came to give you life more abundantly. When you can't seem to just make things click in your marriage and you're wrestling through some relational issues, can't seem to communicate well, 
when your kids are going through a hard time, when your kids hit a certain age and all of a sudden they become like this completely independent person with the opposite views of you on everything else. When those moments come in life, it is still possible in those hard moments to live life more abundantly. It's not what happens to this shell called your body. It's not what happens to your bank account. It's not what happens in your world or your environment or your economy. The fullness of Jesus Christ comes from within. He promised, if I go away to prepare a place for you, I'm going to send this comfort called the Holy Ghost. And He's going to come in your life. And He's going to fill you. And He's going to indwell you. And He's going to take up residence in you. And He'll be there forever and ever when everything else goes away. When people turn their back on you. When life caves in. Jesus said, I won't move. I won't leave you. I'm going to be in you forever. When you follow Jesus, God is in your life. In other words, let me unpack it this way. God made you for a life of more. More love, more peace, more hope, more purpose, more of Him. When you decide, everybody say, I have to decide. When you decide, the one thing I want most in my life that I'm going to choose to desire above all else is I want more of Jesus. More of a relationship with Him. I want Him to get the glory in my life. I want Him to be the source of power. I want Him to be the one who receives the credit. I want to live for Him. I want to know Him. I want to dive deep in my walk with Him. I want more of Him. Then you get all of the other things that Jesus is in your life. All the things that Jesus brings to hopelessness. All of the hope that He speaks over you. That you have greater hope in life. And when the rest of the world is in chaos, you have peace. Churchill said during World War II, it is Christ or it is chaos. Instead of chaos, 
You know what we get? Christ. Oh, boy. That was a joy. Let, 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 let me say it again. I said instead of chaos, we get Christ. When the world is in turmoil, we get Christ. When the economy is crashing, we get Christ. God, I wish somebody would help me right now. When things aren't going the way we think they ought to go, we get Christ. When the doctor says, I can't fix that, we get Christ. When the lawyer said, there's nothing I can do, we get Christ. When our kids go wacko, we get Christ. When our marriage falls apart, we get Christ. Now let me get to my my, my, my title. First Corinthians chapter two verse nine. Watch this. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. The things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. <laughs> Unless you think that verse is just about heaven, the context gives evidence it is not. The context is about the Christian life. That you and I in this life, in our walk with Jesus, we have not even begun to ask or imagine or think or even daydream about the possibilities when you fully surrender your life to the power of God. I did a little search this morning because I was looking for something that had to do with going beyond. And I found something in Wikipedia, and we all know that's got to be right. Now watch this, and I'm done. If you look at a map of Europe and Africa, you've got the Mediterranean Sea in between, you have the Atlantic Ocean, the Mediterranean Sea, and a little break between them. That little spot between them where the two land masses come together and almost touch is called the Strait of Gibraltar. Anybody ever heard of the Rock of Gibraltar? Now watch me here. In ancient times, pre-Columbus, Europeans thought that's the end. That's as far as we go. These two land masses 
are often referred to as the pillars of Hercules. And the story said, I don't have a picture of it, so you just have to take my word in Wikipedia. They didn't have Kodaks back then. They didn't have iPhones back then. Story says that it was inscribed in the rock of Gibraltar, this Latin phrase, not, forgive me, I'm not polished up on my Latin, but non terra plus ultra. What that literally translate, translates into is no land further beyond. So when ships are sailing and they head out there, we want to warn them there's nothing beyond this. Don't go out there. Because when you go out there, there's nothing. Probably at some point, there's just like a waterfall at the end of the earth. Just like Asgard in Thor. Nothing further beyond. A lot of people live life that way. Until the Europeans discovered that there was something on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. That there was land there. They, they weren't the first to discover it. By the way, 12,000 years ago or so, there are some people that came down from Russia. It wasn't Russia then. Never mind. That's another lesson. And they came down... And all of a sudden, European folks and Westerners go, wait a second. We've been living a limited life. We thought there was nothing further beyond. And as the story goes, they scratched off the first two words now what was left on the rock of Gibraltar was the phrase plus ultra. It was the Latin phrase that meant further beyond. There's like way more out there than you've experienced so far. A lot of us are limited by our experiences. We've adjusted our personal vision of life and God down to be comfortable and to align with what I've experienced so far. Maybe you started at age 18 or 19 and had big dreams in the world. One of my favorite lines, and it's a wonderful life, life is when Jimmy Stewart's talking about, I'm going to see the world. And he goes through all this vision. Then you know the years pass and he hasn't done it. And maybe that was you. He said, I'm going to see the world. I'm going to explore and experience all that God has. Life is going to be amazing. I can't wait to get started. And then things came along. 
stand with me. Maybe you feel like you got married. Marriage wasn't what you thought it would be. You grew different and grew apart. Now it's disappointing. It's difficult. You had kids and you love your kids. You love them like nothing else on earth. But there are parental challenges. They throw things at you. They're not supposed to do that. You dealt with the challenge of that. Work. Man, you, you really thought you'd skyrocket the ladder. You had a book published by now and speaking career because you've been so successful in your janitorial career. Whatever it is that you've dreamed of doing, there's something that short-circuited it along the way. And you start to adjust your vision back. And you start to cut back and just say, okay. But on this Sunday morning, I want somebody to hear me today. Because God wants to speak to this church. There's something inside of you that's saying, don't expect too much. Try your best, but real success isn't for everyone. We'll say things that indicate our vision has been pared down to match our experience this far. But I want to tell this church that God is wanting to use this church to propel us into a 21st century apostolic revival like we've never seen. But somebody's going to have to understand it's further beyond where you are right now. And so this morning, I'm looking for some people that will get out of your comfort seat right now and walk down to the front of this church and throw your hands up in the air and say, God, I don't really know what you have planned for me, but I'm willing to go wherever you want me to go and to do whatever you want me to do I'm tired of being stuck where I am. Now I want you to lift your hands to the Lord and I want you to say, God, let me walk in abundant life. Not just life anymore, but abundant life. Let me walk in places that I can't even imagine and dream of. Let me walk. That's it. God, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. In the name of Jesus, let me be obedient to the calling that you have on my life and let me go further beyond than I've ever gone before in my life. God, I want to be used of you in a mighty way. Come on, that's it. He's got something more for you. Don't get stuck where you are. Take your foot off the brake and let the presence and power of God take you where God wants you to be. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Just keep praising Him right now. Come on. God, I want you to change my dreams. I want you to change my visions. God, your promise is unbreakable to me. You said I'll have life and that more abundantly. 
And God, I'm going to walk in that promise. He wants abundant life for you. That's why he came. That's what he came for. I want you to yoke up with somebody near you right now. The Bible said if any two touch and agree down here, I'll do it up there. Come on, I want you to believe right now with that individual that you're yoked up with right now that God's going to begin to manifest the impossible in their life.